Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. Stand by. This Thursday, a special edition of Hello, World. We are in Tri-Cities, Tennessee for the Spring share raising money for 91.5. I love Christian radio, and we need to support those stations carrying the good news of Jesus Christ. And there's some great ones on this Christian radio station every day. It's so exciting to have so many opportunities to share the good news of Jesus Christ as we preach around the countryside, Southwest Radio Church, or someplace every month in the good USA. Our new books out there, Invisible War and the Saints, Victor or Victim. Hey, what about your church? Those of you in the Middlesbrough, Kentucky area, we'd love to come preach the Word of God at your church. I think one reason God has blessed so in our revival meetings across the country, whether it's a day or a week, is the fact that we have honed in on two key areas in America today. One has to do with the media and how subtle they are or how dramatic they are in their attacks on Christianity. Sure. And we've been able to share that because we've had a lifetime in it. And in the second area is when God allowed demons to attack the Patton family big time. My, oh my, it turned our world upside down, wanted to know what the Word of God had to say and how they can attack us. God has blessed in a mighty way. We have seen great responses. One call recently from Tennessee said their whole area, church and area, had been changed as a result of that spirit world message delivered. Enough said. Get in touch, my friend. GregPatton.com. GregPatton.com. G-R-E-G-P-A-T-T-E-N. Dot com. What in the world? The latest from the new America. Women are increasingly opting out of heterosexuality because it's the bedrock of their global oppression. That's from NBC News, a bizarre opinion piece last week. Men need heterosexuality to maintain their social dominance over women. So says Marcy Bianco for the NBC News website. And women, on the other hand, are increasingly realizing not only that they don't need heterosexuality, but that it's also often the bedrock of their global oppression. Are you cr- Yep, I've been to Moronville today. Ms. Bianco lumps together a series of recent news stories from Jeffrey Epstein to Dayton, the El Paso mass shootings, Miley Cyrus's separation, and Julianne Hoag's declaration that she's not straight, which she says together have laid bare the strictures of an American patriarchy of the edge of a nervous breakdown. Am I confused? Are are you confused? What are you talking about? As the status quo, heterosexuality is just not working in America, she concludes, before explaining just how evil men are and how women are learning to live without men. Now, what does the Bible say? These people don't care about the Bible. It's a worldview. It's a demonic worldview. She says, as a snapshot of 2019, America, these stories present a startling picture. Men continue to coerce and harass and rape and kill girls and women and go to extreme lengths to avoid responsibility for all their actions, she says. On the other side of the issue, girls and women are challenging heterosexuality and even absconding from the whole thing altogether. Yep, that's an escapee from Moronville. Don't need heterosexuality. Yeah, that's the new America, and it's wicked, don't you think?
How about Bill Maher? He is wicked. Late night talk show host. I'm not sure what cable. Bill Maher rejoices in David Cook's passing, saying, blank him. I'm glad he's dead. I hope his end was very painful. What an idiot. The real-time television host Mayor mints no words. Cook was a Republican mega-donor and a billionaire philanthropist. He died at the age of 79 following a long battle with cancer, but it's just hard to believe that human beings are this utterly evil and that people actually listen to them. I have never watched his show, never will, but certainly I've heard bits and pieces all of my life about this guy. Yep, a real nutcase. There's so many of them on the left. Thoughts from here, there, and everywhere? Dr. David Jeremiah talked about this recently. The music must not turn the church into an audience enjoying music, but into a congregation singing the Lord's praises in his presence. John Calvin. Oh, gotta agree with that. Noah did not know what rain was or what an ark was, but he knew who God was. I'm one of those that doesn't like that socialism talk. I'm just too old to live under socialism. I'm addicted to luxuries like toilet paper, electricity, food, clean water, coffee, and uh, shoes. Okay, where is it? Where's my Bible? Right after this. Well, we've already shared with you what a joy it is to be in Tri-Cities, Tennessee today. Today, the second day of the Spring Sherathon. WHCB 91.5 has been heralding Christ's blessing for over three decades in the Tri-City area. And uh, we have the thrill coming up on uh, Saturday to be at the First Free Will Baptist Church in Elizabethan, Tennessee. Be there at 6 o'clock, and we know many of you will be coming, maybe even some of you from Kentucky. Like to see some of our WMIK listeners down there in Elizabethan. Make it a day, come down and... Have a revival-like spirit there. Saturday night, First Free Will Baptist Church. And then Sunday at 11 and again at 6 o'clock that night, we're back. God is going to bless. I know he is. God's going to bless in a very special way. Hey, some of you churches there in the Middlesbrough, Kentucky area, that we're on WMIK, and we thank God for that privilege and the honor of being on. But uh, we'd like to be in your church. We would like to share the good news as we have throughout the Tennessee area there in Tri-City. So why don't you get in touch, Greg Patton, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N, dot com, and uh, let's make arrangements. No church too small or too big. We've been all over the country in all sizes and overseas as well. Just sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. I believe God would bless mightily if we had an opportunity to share the good news in your church. Get in touch, gregpatton.com. Well, we're going to go to Second Chronicles 15.7 today and talk about courage. You be strong and courageous, for there is a reward for your work. Amen. You know, courage is a quality of mind, a spirit that enables us to face those dangers. They're out there, obstacles, very challenges of life with a sense of fearlessness and calmness and firmness. Does that describe you? It takes courage to be obedient to Almighty God. One of the ways God molds us into the image of His Son is to allow situations to come into our lives that challenge our faith, to test our very obedience. You may be facing a tremendous challenge on the job, in your family there, in your marriage, or some relationship. 
You may even be thinking of giving up, walking away. But I'm going to tell you, that's not God's best for you. He wants you to face the challenges of life with surety and trust Him and His ability. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, the nation of Israel is an excellent example of how God works in the lives of His people. After the Exodus, Moses led the people to the edge of the promised land, and God gave that to Abraham, of course, Genesis 17, 1 through 9. Twelve men, twelve of them, selected to go into the land and return a report about the inhabitants there, the terrain, give us an update. However, the spies' report was in strong opposition. We're not going forward. Only two of them, Joshua and Caleb, remained convinced that God would give them a victory. God had pledged the land to them, but their faith waned in the sight of the people living there and those imposing city walls. That's human nature. That's you. That's me. Their focus blurred at the very thought of the battle, and their strength failed because they looked at circumstances. That's the key to what I'm telling you today. They looked at circumstances more than God's ability. They feared. So we go to Kadesh Barney and find out that fear scored a mighty victory there. God's not given you a spirit of fear. No, he hasn't. Most of us know the story. Israel refused to enter the land. Fear overcame their hearts. They rebelled against Moses, Numbers 13. They stood on the threshold of victory but failed to meet the challenge. Their only responsibility was to go in and claim what God said they could have provided for them. They sank back in disobedience. The consequences of their decision followed them for the next 40 years. Except for Joshua and Caleb, every man over 20 perished in the wilderness. God's challenges are not always easy, are they? Often they're very difficult because they require something from us. In Israel's case, it was obedience to the call of God. Did you get it? Many times the very nature of God's command is set for one single purpose, to stretch your faith as you place your trust in Almighty God. That's a key. You never lose by obeying God. You never win by disobeying God. I remember running out of the locker room at our home basketball games there in Roanoke, Indiana. There it was, a little plaque over the door. Winners never quit. Quitters never win. The key to an overcoming faith is found in the first chapter of Joshua as God addresses the people through his servant Joshua. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given to you. Just as I spoke to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all of the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun, will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong, courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do all according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. And this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. What good advice for you and me today. Meditate on it day and night, you betcha, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, is the question? Be strong and courageous. 
Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, this is so good and so exciting. The secret of their ability to meet the challenge was learning to focus on God and His Word, not on circumstances. When I talk about my demon message, I say focus on God, glance at the devil now and then. The inhabitants of the land were still Israel's bitter enemies. They were just as strong and vicious as they were 40 years before. However, this time, God's people refused to bow to that fear and crossed the Jordan River and obtained God's inheritance. The Christian walk today, my friend, is more than lip service. Talk is cheap. If you're willing to allow God to work in your life, then He will enable you to face whatever problem fearlessly, boldly, bravely, calmly, and victoriously with great victory in Jesus. When you only focus on the challenge, what's going on, you then begin to falter, my friend. Ask questions like, can I really do this? What's going to happen if I fail? Will I be able to make it through? God never wants you to be careless in your actions. He does, however, call you to trust Him and His ability. And when we realize the full scope of the challenge that faced Israel, we discover their deep need for faith in God. What's that thing going on you're facing in your life today? Financial? Or does it have something to do with your children? Maybe your husband or wife? Maybe an in-law? Whatever it is, remember, human wisdom is not the answer. God alone will guide you safely through every trial if you'll commit yourself to Him completely and put your trust in His Word and His ability. I keep saying that. Don't ever let anyone tell you the Bible is not valid for the problems and trials today. It's as up-to-date as any newspaper or blog or anything you read on the Internet today. Every principle God gives us through His Word is just as relevant today as it was for Joshua then. Oh, times change, but the Word of God does not. It's eternally alive. You have the ability to meet victoriously that thing, whatever it is, because it's God's best for you. You may not get the promotion every time or stand in the spotlight every time, but when you trust God, you will always be His winner. This is the promise that motivated Joshua and the people of Israel, and it's the promise you can claim today. Listen, God's strategy was very simple. He told the people to meditate on His Word, not on that wall surrounding Jericho, not on the people shouting threats over the wall or the vastness of the land. When you face difficulties and challenges, learn to recall the promises of God's Word, just like Israel. You have to get into His Word. And through prayer, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you in the principles and promises that speak specifically to your situation today. What's going on there? On the eve of the battle, Joshua sensed the presence of someone behind him. He turned to see a man unlike any man he had ever seen before, Joshua 5, Joshua 6. In Joshua's moment of deepest need, God himself came to him. The warrior that met with Joshua to go over the details of the battle was the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the same warrior that will meet with you today if you will make yourself available to Him. Perhaps you have a difficult decision to make, one that could change your life forever. Everything within you says trust God and obey Him. The one thing you can count on is the same thing that fed the faith and the courage of Joshua. God will never fail you. He will always lead you to personal spiritual growth and increased faith. Are you willing to step out in obedience today? Meet whatever 
God has allowed to challenge your life? Trust Him for the outcome? Tell the Lord that you will follow Him in obedience. Ask Him for His will and that it be very clear to you. And here's the key. He may choose to speak through a friend today, a passage of Scripture, someone on the radio, or directly to your heart. When you answer His call in obedience, He will always respond with a blessing. Well, I remember when I was young, had all kinds of dreams. As young as 12 years of age, I wanted to be a, a radio disc jockey. I remember, and some of you are old enough to know what a crystal set is, and listening to the big station here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, WOWO it's called. Everybody's heard of WOWO in Fort Wayne, Indiana. 50,000 watts of power that went all over the place. So I was going to be this oh, radio personality and be famous, and then I was going to go on to... Uh, well, a bigger city outside of Fort Wayne, then on to New York, maybe acting. And then later, of course, I wanted to be the next David Letterman. When I was a DJ in Indianapolis, he was doing the weather there on the CBS affiliate. So I yeah, had those big dreams. How about you when you were a, a kid? And that thing just continued because things went very, very well. I had an opportunity to do Frankie Park Summer Theater in Maybe the next step was on to New York then. Loved acting, and, uh, well, that's all history. I had a lot of plans, right up until I met Jesus Christ in 1973. Oh, everything changed then. What's the purpose of it all? What do you see as the purpose of your life, my friend? Many people would say their purpose is to enjoy living and perhaps to be good to other people. Others might feel they have some mission to fulfill. Some people have such difficult circumstances that they see survival as the main goal, just making it day to day. Tragically, far too many people live without any real purpose in life, and what they accomplish has no lasting value whatsoever. Isn't that sad? Ask the same question of a believer who understands what the Christian life is all about, and the answer will be this. I'm living to fulfill God's plan for my life. Think about how God has invested in you. He has bestowed each one of us, his children, with specialized abilities and talents so that he can work in and through us to affect others and to deepen our relationship with him. Isn't that great? He has a plan for every believer. When we discover what that is, we no longer waste time or effort or finances. We begin to live a life with a very clear and specific purpose. You got it? The Lord wants us to make a powerful impact on people around us. In the fifth chapter of the book of Matthew, he gives us the mandate. We are to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Verses 13 and 14 there. What are the properties of salt? Not only does it flavor, preserve, and penetrate, but it affects everything it touches. The one thing that can ruin its flavor is the presence of impurities. In a similar way, our saltiness, namely our impact our influence in this old world is diminished when we sin, which can cause our life to become tasteless and powerless and, of course, ineffective. And the Word of God also tells us to be light. Referring to himself, Jesus said, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world, John 9, 5. But now that he is gone to sit at the Father's right hand, his Spirit lives in you and me as we reflect his light to those in darkness around us. In other words, we're kind of like the moon, which has no light on its own, but it reflects the sun. 
by our conversation, our conduct, our character, we are the reflection of Jesus Christ dwelling in us. What are the properties of light? That's a good question. It dries out darkness, points the way, warns of incoming dangers, and reveals what is there. Just as sin lessens our flavor, it also reduces our light. It's like soot on a lantern globe. The more there is, the less light you can see. Sin does not suit believers because it diminishes our effectiveness and our influence. Notice Jesus did not say, you know, I suggest, <laughs> I suggest you be the salt and the light. He said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. In other words, you're to make an impact on people's lives, to be changed for good because Jesus Christ is living his life in and through you. Isn't that great? It's evident from the Word of God that Jesus did not intend for us to be salt and light in a sealed container, Matthew 5, 15 and 16. Rather, God designed us to have a circle of impact, similar to the effect of a pebble tossed into the water. You know, those little rings appear and ripple out farther and farther until the water is finally calm again. Now, depending upon the size of that stone, there can be more ripples extending to a much greater distance. Think about the kind of life Jesus had in mind for us to live. Should we content ourselves with being like grains of sand dropped into the water, causing almost no ripple at all? I don't think so. I think that we should prefer to be like a large stone or a brick that causes significant waves of good in somebody's life. Isn't that, That's just a great way to describe it. How far and wide can a person's circle of impact really reach? There are a lot of great biblical examples, as well as many modern-day ones, and I think tomorrow we'll talk more on those in the Scripture that had such a circle of influence, really a circle of impact in the world today. You should be that in your neighborhood, in your community. You are the salt of the earth, light of the world. Jesus is in heaven. He sent you. You have a job to do today, my friend. Christians who live to fulfill God's purpose are not making tiny ripples. They should be making a meaningful impact on the people around them today. Remember that God wants us to be the salt and the light. Salt, anything it touches, changes. Light, wherever you shine it, the darkness flees. That's great. Be as salty as possible, my friend, as bright as you can be, so that the circle of your impact will carry the force of God's power. And finally, a, a dog story here. I need to rehome a dog. Not a problem. I'll even mail him to you. Small terrier tends to bark. Oh, a lot. I'm sorry. If you're interested, just let me know. I'll jump over my neighbor's fence and <laughs> get it for you. And then there's this. This is Greg and Sharon Patton here. The old man goes up behind his wife because he thought she had a hearing problem. So he snuck up there and said, honey, can you hear me? No response. Moved a little closer. Honey, can you hear me? Still no response. Finally, he moved right behind, right into her ear. Honey, can you hear me? She turned around and said for the third time, yes. <laughs> Once again, encouraging you to pray for us. Down in Tri-Cities, Tennessee, we are at WHCB 91.5. Thousands and thousands of people listen to us in the Tri-City area of Tennessee. And we certainly thank you folks here in Kentucky for your love, support, prayers, and just 
being there. It's a big deal. That's it. Another edition of Hello World. Coming your way every day at this time, Monday through Friday. And it's a joy to be here. Like us on Facebook. Let's be friends today. Greg, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. That's Greg Patton. And you can go to gregpatton.com and hear past programs from last week, last month, and last year. And that's the way it is for a Thursday. Thank you so much for joining me again today. Until tomorrow, God bless. Have a great day.